The Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one, Amanda Galbraith is your principal at Navigator and host of Free for All Fridays. Shelley Carroll is the budget chief and a Toronto City Councillor. Rob Davis is supposed to be on the panel, and uh, who knows? Uh, maybe he's stuck in traffic. Maybe he's stuck. He's been pooched before <laughs> by the TTC. Shelley Carroll, you ended up a foul of this morning's traffic incident. Yes, I'm. I'm. Uh, I pulled over. I'm parked on Bayview, watching a whole bunch of people try and head south. Yeah. Oh well. Sympathies with anybody who's stuck in that today, because you know <laughs> stuff happens, and then all of a sudden you're being diverted into another neighborhood, and you had plans to be at the office by eight, and you're not going to be there until nine. Let's keep moving, though. Speaking of traffic, Toronto apparently looking at automated traffic enforcement on King Street. The problem would be streetcars are slower to cross through the city's core and the problem would seem to be that a lot of people are just breaking the rules in their cars and not turning even though they're supposed to. Shelley Carroll, is this going to be a camera on every single street corner or what would this look like? Well, we, we need staff to figure out the resources and, and, and how many they can place. But the, the point is, we know that with enforcement, this works and reduces uh, uh, travel times on King and reduces, in particular, the thousands and thousands of people who are on the streetcars travel time. And so uh, uh, automated makes the most sense because what we found is when we sort of eased back on the clutch in terms of enforcement uh, uh, in the later years of the pandemic, people coming back to work and and maybe even the local people who live around there there are more and more just started uh, not taking the pilot rule seriously automated enforcement is perfect for exactly these types of situations where you need to need it to be ongoing not just a blitz but you just need to make people realize you are going to get caught by the camera just forget flouting the law here and Shelley, John Burnside sent us a text saying that uh, a whole bunch of these new traffic wardens are going to be graduating on Monday, so we're finally going to see them? Yes, but those, uh, uh, when, when council was discussing all this stuff uh, last week in council session with the congestion plan, uh, people were asking for them to be spread more broadly, not to, not to the three or four superstar intersections downtown, but pain points all over town. You know, I'm I'm near one right now, and I'm all the way up in uh, Bayview and Leeside. And so they're saying there are a lot of places. And so as we train them, let's really start to look at the whole map. Because most people, their trip to work has pain points. One's close to home, one's close to the office, and there's a couple are, uh, that are in between. So we, we really got to capture your whole journey and, or, and uh, work on that congestion. Okay, Amanda Galbraith, when it comes to King Street, there are many, and I would venture perhaps Jerry Agar might be amongst them who would just say kill the whole thing I don't care let people drive where they need to drive you obviously had a conversation with Jerry in the uh, coffee room before you came on. I'm mind thing. reading, but you know. <laughs> uh, I loved, and we love Jerry. We do. Um, he, I mean, yeah, they do, right? And I think part of that is candidly born out of the frustration of what's happening downtown right now, which is like an absolute mess. Um, every other option is under construction or closed. Uh, part of that is like life in the big city. We're building a major transit hub, but I think part of that candidly to me should be um, a bit more thought through that being said uh, king street is the 
Um, you know, they care. It's the busiest, like above ground um, thoroughfare we have in the city. We need a rapid transit way going in and out of downtown across. We don't really have one. Um, and I think it makes a lot of sense. So to me, it, like automating it and, and penalizing people for this is, I think, is just the the, the smart thing, and, and I'm glad they're doing it. Let me stick with you for a second, Amanda, because you've got a little one at home. I don't know if you guys are using daycare yet, but uh, Ontario's enacting safe arrival rules effectively to ensure that if a kid is not delivered to daycare, then the family is notified, and this is to stave off the possibility of a child being left in a car unattended and dying. Yeah, uh, we do use daycare. Um, it, it's like a mortgage payment every month, but here we are. Uh, so, um, but they do want, they do a wonderful job. Uh, and, you know, I think making this uh, a rule makes a ton of sense. You know, even if you prevent one death, I think that is, that's a huge uh, benefit to lots of folks. Um, I do the drop off. So, uh, you know, hopefully I wouldn't be one of those people that would be forgetting them anywhere. But uh, yeah, no, I think it makes tons of sense. Uh, yeah, I know they do this for other schools, so I don't know why they wouldn't apply to daycare. So uh, a good common sense change by the government of Ontario. Yeah, Shelley Carroll, some people would argue, well, how could you forget your child? It happens. I talked with a mother several years ago, and it was just because everything, you do almost everything like an automaton in the morning, and something had changed in the family's routine, and the child was left in the car where they died. So if we can come up with protocols to protect us from that happening, I think it's a good idea. Oh, 100%. And and this works very well in schools and it has done for a long time. It is kind of shocking that it didn't get extended to child cares earlier. So thank goodness that it is now. But it and and, you know, parents have tough lives as you know, as the third child in a, in a busy household. Uh, you're, you're lucky to have me here, John, because famously, <laughs> the, the family's favorite story is that uh, my mother once uh, left me sitting in the shopping cart in a grocery store, got all the way home unpack the groceries with the other two kids nattering at her the whole time and then turned around and said oh my god where's Shelly and <laughs> and you know I spent an hour unattended in a grocery store and and a charming old lady uh, uh, noticed and took care of me but you know I I, I don't hold that against my mother uh, life's tough <laughs> well it's the whole premise for home alone but anyway let's keep moving uh, column today in the Globe and Mail that offers a bunch of historical guideposts that indicate there's no turning things around for Justin Trudeau and the Liberals, although the Liberals might be able to turn it around if he does walk away. But Amanda Galbraith, back to you. You've done a lot of political analysis and you've actually advised leaders. Do you think Justin Trudeau is finished? Because I've talked to people who suggest he's very headstrong about this and he just says, just watch me. I think he's very headstrong about it. And I think this is the best job he'll ever have. I also think he's comparatively a very young, like a young man. I don't know. It's weird to say that he's a prime minister and he's older than me, but um, he's he's young young. for his job. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's young. Right. So I think he wants to stay and that makes sense to me. And I think you saw the same thing with, with uh, prime minister, former prime minister Harper too. He stayed on probably, um, you know, and he was an amazing prime minister in my mind, but best passes best before date. And you do see these with governments who are a bit long on the tooth that, you know, get the sense that they have this, you know, I've got to stay here because I know it better. I can do it better. You know, the other guys are a terrible alternative. I also candidly think of the options to replace him. Uh, he's the best one <laughs> with all the baggage. He really is. Uh, that being said, I think he's done. Uh, I don't think it's salvageable. 
I think people have just, you know, it's sort of like at the end of a marriage when you just stop fighting with each other because you don't even care anymore. Like Canadians, I think are just done with him. <laughs> so um, they don't want to have the conversation anymore. They don't really care. Like, like they just want to, they want to split the assets and get a new house. So, okay. um, and that might be with Pierre Polyev. Uh, so we will certainly see, but I, I don't think, um, I don't think he'll be prime minister, uh, past a couple of years. Owing to your model. Now I have, um, uh, what is it? The Virginia Wolf play in my mind where this couple just staggers around with glasses of scotch in their hands and <laughs> yells at each other forever. Shelly Carroll, your thoughts. Yeah, I think you're going to see this more and more in, in really any party. It's leadership transfers are really tough in the new age of politics and social media. They really are hard to do. Um, and, and they're, they're very unknown. Uh, add to that, uh, most of the parties have uh, uh, have now changed to whole membership votes and votes online. And so, you know, the outcome of a, of a, a leadership uh, exercise, particularly nationally, can be quite unpredictable. And so, you know, you, you, really, you really have to decide whether or not you want to have a tough election, but with known quantities, or do you want to take the gamble? And, you know, we're, we're heading we're heading very close to 2024 now. The deal between uh, uh, Jagmeet Singh and, and uh, Prime Minister Trudeau takes them to 2025. And so while that seems like a fairly long time, it's really not in terms of what could go wrong between now and then. So, it, I, you know, I, I suspect he's going to hang in there, but you'll see the election move earlier. I want to ask you, too, if you have any hexes or superstitions. This is inspired by the fact that we've learned somewhat nauseatingly that Patrick Mahomes, the football player, has been wearing the same pair of underwear for every single game <laughs> that he's ever played. And Amanda Galbraith, I've been trying to think if I have any any of these things, and I don't think I do. I do have a friend, for example, every time he gets on a plane, as he walks into the plane, he slaps his hand against the outside of the fuselage. But that's all I could think of. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't either. I, I was thinking about it, too. I'm like, no, I mean, I wash my underwear regularly and cycle <laughs> them through. So uh, um, then again, I'm not a multimillionaire, probably best quarterback of his generation athlete. So, uh, you know, if that's what's working for Patrick Mahomes, like Godspeed. <laughs> uh, the only thing I kind of do is but I don't know if this is a superstition, but like when I have a major thing, I life change or whatever, I have like, I have a chat with my, my grandparents who were passed away, but like, I will do that. But I don't know if that's like, that's just sort of having a little faith and looking for some extra help. Yeah. Okay. Shelly Carroll. You'd make a good sports parent, Amanda, because that's the thing. You have to teach your kids to have a, you, you need to have a mojo if you're going to be a, a good athlete, but it should not be one that jeopardizes your, your uh, uh, hygiene. <laughs> so you got to teach them to have one like that. Is it a prayer with your grandparents? What is it? It should, it should not include wearing the same underwear year after year. <laughs> this is a real proud moment for his parents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Shelly, I mean, you've submitted yourself to uh, electoral jeopardy on numerous occasions. Do you have any hexes at all? Uh, well, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not dissimilar to to Amanda. I uh, I have the the same sort of thing. I I have a, a a special prayer that I say that's kind of personal, and I also have a a, a tendency to start talking to my mom. Um, the first time I had an election and my mom wasn't alive, it was it was radically different, and I, I and I realized you know when it's too late, you realize. Oh, she was really keeping me sane for for the first three elections in my life. I I never realized it. So now I 
I talked to her and she still keeps me sane. <laughs> Thanks a lot for this. Amanda Galbraith and Shelley Carroll. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.